Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21 Radio. Today, we're going to be looking at the two resurrections in Revelation chapter 20. You know, I almost began our entire study in the book of Revelation with a topic for today, because an accurate understanding of Revelation 20 is the key to interpreting the entire book of Revelation and for gaining a solid grasp of the overall plan for last things. Let's start with the very text in Revelation 20 and verse 1. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, holding in his hand the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain. And he seized the dragon, that ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years, and threw him into the pit and shut it and sealed it over him, that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be loosed for a little while. Then I saw thrones and seated on them were those whom judgment was committed. Also I saw the souls who had been beheaded for their testimony to Jesus and for the word of God, and who had not worshipped the beast or its image, and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who shares in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and they shall reign with him a thousand years. What I will be sharing with you today isn't heard frequently in today's world, or not frequently enough, even though it has been believed by the majority of Catholic saints, popes, leaders, teachers of the church for at least 1,500 years. And just so you know where I get my stuff, I'm not a mystic. I gain from others. It's from St. Augustine's City of God, Book 20, and for today, particularly sections 6 through 7. But St. Augustine's City of God, Book 20, it's readily available in print and online. Now, Revelation 20 is not only a key chapter, it's a difficult chapter. For many, it's a confusing chapter, and there's a lot of controversy over this chapter. So let's have the the rules, so to speak, before we start. What are our principles of interpretation? Before we even dig into the chapter, what are we going to use for principles to understand? And this is a principle that will not only work with Revelation 20, but anytime you come across a difficult passage of Scripture. If you're facing a difficulty and possibly a confusing passage of Scripture, then if possible, you try to use a clearer and more understandable passage in order to aid in getting a proper interpretation. 
In other words, using Scripture to interpret Scripture, using the clear one to understand the one that's not so clear. And so the passages to use, and these are suggested by St. Augustine in his City of God, Book 20, Section 6 through 7, there are two sets of scriptures. The first set we're going to talk about today, and that comes from John chapter 5, verses 28, excuse me, verses 24 through 28. Now, the advantage of John chapter 5 to understand the two resurrections in Revelation 20, it's the same author, St. John. It's the same subject, the two resurrections. And one is clear, John chapter 5. One's a lot more difficult, Revelation 20. So we use John 5 to understand Revelation 20 and the doors to understanding accurately the book of Revelation, the millennium, the two resurrections, and the overall scheme of understanding biblical prophecy is open before you. That simply. And then the other scripture, which we will actually use in the next episode, is Matthew chapter 12 and verse 29. There you have a different author, Matthew, but the same subject, which we'll talk about next time, the binding of Satan mentioned for this thousand years. Now, where do all the pre-mill viewpoints go wrong? Remember your first handout that we sent you? And again, if you want a free set of handouts, just send an email request to askthehost at gmail.com. But the pre-mill viewpoint, and particularly the subcategory under the pre-mill viewpoint, is the rapture at any moment view. And in that view you have the two resurrections here, and I'm talking about the rapture at any moment. Well, they believe that the first resurrection mentioned will be, you know, the bodily resurrection and of the, quote, true believers, and then there will be another resurrection of the tribulation saints, and there's a lot of different kind of schematics on how this will play out. But rather than trying to understand where everybody goes haywire— I'm going to take you right back to St. Augustine's City of God, Book 20, Section 6 through 7. And by the way, in this passage, St. Augustine mentions that he himself was once pre-mill, and he's going to help us get our way out of that into an understanding of the timeless Catholic position called the Amil position. But here's his own words. He says, the evangelist John, the author of Revelation, have spoken of these two resurrections in the book which is called the Apocalypse, but in such a way that some Christians do not understand the first of the two, in other words, the first resurrection, and so construe the passage into ridiculous fancies. And he basically says, I'm not going to try to disprove all of them. I'm simply going to show you how to understand the passage, and he's going to do so using John 5 and Matthew 12. He goes on to say, those who on the strength of this passage have suspected that the first resurrection is future and bodily, okay? The first resurrection, future and bodily, is the pre-mill viewpoint and that's the viewpoint that he is going to refute. 
because he believes that believing what the first resurrection being something bodily and something future is what leads you into fanciful interpretations of the book of Revelation. Now, let's take John chapter 5 and apply it to Revelation chapter 20. In Revelation 20, you have the two resurrections, and if you believe the first resurrection is the resurrection of the body, and, you know, in all fairness, it's easy to see how you could fall into the pre-mill viewpoint. In other words, believing that before the millennium, uh, the first resurrection is being described here would be something future, the resurrection from the dead, the, the literal physical resurrection of the body. Now, let's go to John chapter 5, and wouldn't you be surprised to know that in John chapter 5, St. John mentions two resurrections, two resurrections. First is in John chapter 5 and verse 24 and 25. Revolutionary words, I might ask, might say, here's Jesus. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. Present tense, has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. Now, what is Jesus talking about? It's very interesting to me that in Revelation chapter 20, those who would style themselves as born-again Christians pass over a section of Scripture that's talking about being born again. Jesus is saying that when you hear God's Word, when you hear the gospel and respond in faith, and I might add, along with baptism, because that's part of a response of faith, you move from death to life. You have eternal life. You have the divine life of grace in you. And this is a present reality, not a future reality, but Jesus is styling this because in reality, we're not physically dead, but spiritually. Because of original sin, we are dead. And when we believe, when we are born again through faith and baptism, we come from death to life. That's what John chapter 5, verses 24 and 25 are talking about, and that's exactly what St. John, same author, same subject, is talking about in Revelation 20 regarding the first resurrection. It's not a future bodily resurrection. It's a present tense reality for those who through faith and baptism have a new life in Christ. Then let's move down just a few verses in John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. Jesus says, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming when all who are in their tombs, okay, if you're in a tomb, that means you're dead, dead. That's not means you're just spiritually dead, but you're, you're expired. You kick the bucket. You're in the tomb. Okay, those who are in their tombs will hear his voice and come forth, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. In other words, there's a resurrection from original sin to life in Christ. That's the first resurrection. 
John 5 and Revelation 20. John 5 again, there's a second resurrection. This will be the second coming of Christ with the general resurrection. Those who are in their tombs who have believed and died in grace come to life in Christ. And here, Jesus is using resurrection to describe both of these events. The mistake people make in Revelation 20, and it's easy to make, I've made it, St. Augustine made it, a lot of good, honest, pious folks make it, they understand the first resurrection always in a very literal terms, and they'll start accusing people who believe in the all-mill position, well, you don't take Revelation 20 literally. Well, I've already asked in Revelation 19, just a chapter before Revelation 20, do you really believe at the second coming that Jesus will appear from heaven with a literal metal physical sharp sword coming out of his mouth? I guess there's a few people that may actually believe that, but most don't. Or let's turn the page, from, go from Revelation 20 to chapter 21. It describes the new Jerusalem, which we'll inhabit for all eternity. It's a cube. It says its length, breadth, and height are all equal. Do you believe literally in eternity that you'll be living in a cube? Or do you think that's perhaps a way of emphasizing something that's <laughs> huge and all-encompassing? Uh, no, we're not taking Revelation chapter 20 literally, but we are taking it scripturally. We're not interpreting it according to our own best hunch. We're interpreting it according to the words of Jesus in John 5 and using those scriptures which are clear and understandable regarding two different types of resurrections and taking it and interpreting Revelation 20. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and you've been listening to the important episode 123 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. To learn more about biblical prophecy and to order copies of Luke 21 broadcasts, visit us online at Luke 21.com.